This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Eric Francis Show, live from New York. I love saying that. Live from New York. Flames play tonight at Madison Square Garden. Was just down there for the morning skate with the Calgary Flames. Uh, a couple storylines to watch there. I'll just brief you on those in a second. But first, we're going to tell you about our two guests today. A couple of NFLers, former NFLers. Dave Dickinson, very familiar with his work, of course, here in Calgary. Continues to be uh, the leading man for the Calgary Stampeders. Added general manager to his title. I want to talk to him about that. I don't think him and I will ever golf again now that he's got even more on his plate. Uh, Mark Borichter is our second guest in the second half of the show. He's a, a radio analyst in Kansas City right now. You remember him? Uh, some people remember him from winning the, the Grey Cup in 2001. He was uh, their star receiver and immediately jumped from there to the Kansas City Chiefs. So very well familiar with uh, Mahomes, the Chiefs, even as a uh, – he even has a Super Bowl ring. So both guys are going to weigh it. They asked to weigh in on the quarterback situation as it pertains to this, the uh, Super Bowl. I thought we'd have a, a lot of Super Bowl chat. But also these guys have extensive stories about Calgary, their time there before and now. And so we'll go through all that. But uh, before we bring in uh, Dave Dickinson, uh, at the Calgary Flames skate today, Jacob Pelche on a line with uh, Jonathan Huberdeau and Nazem Kadri. That's what people wanted to hear. What he didn't want to hear was the uh, the check last night. He went out to dinner with Huberdeau and Mackenzie Wieger, and uh, good on Huberdeau, as veterans are, are wont to do. They took care of the check, and Pelche is still very wide-eyed. It's actually so fun to see. I mean, he's at Madison Square Garden today, where all the greats in the history of entertainment have performed, and walking out onto that ice today, you can literally just see the wide eyes, the excitement. Afterwards, he had a hard time kind of even putting into words how exciting this was to even just play here. So it's all new and fresh for him, and people in Calgary are excited that they're going to get a chance to see Pelche in a top-six role again tonight against the New York Rangers. He uh, he did go down and play in the AHL during the break, which would, of course, serve him well. And now he's back with the big club. Every bit is important, actually way more important. Back with the big club today, Chris Tanev skated. He's been skating since they went to Seattle. So he skated throughout the nine-day break, and uh, there there was a concern that he might not be able to join the team after the break. It looks like he's going to play tonight against uh, or with Mackenzie Wieger in the same pairing as they've always been, and that's good news for the Calgary Flames because, as we all know, his record, uh, the team's record with him not in the lineup, I think it's two wins in nine outings, something like that. Not very good. And in net tonight, Jacob Markstrom. We're not going to talk about it because everybody uh, in the city loves to talk about it. I don't care. Uh, you got to start somebody, and uh, he's going to be the guy coming out of the break. He's the veteran. To me, it's the right call because coming out of a nine-day break, he's done it a lot more times than Dan Vladar has, and I think he'll be in. Uh, he's in a better position to start the game tonight. I know it's not popular with a lot of people, but. Jacob Markstrom is going to get at least 50% of the starts, so be prepared to be disappointed at least 50% of the time. Probably more like 70% of the time if you're a, a Jacob Markstrom hater like a lot of people are becoming in our city. Okay, our first guest uh, joins us on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline, and I ran into him last week at the Flames Poker Tournament, and that's my first question. Dave Dickinson, how are you, buddy? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's been a while. Good, uh, good to be on, Eric. Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate you joining me, but uh, it was really good to see you last week 
at the poker tournament. How did you do? How did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I stuck around. Uh, not enough to get drunk, but uh, definitely <laughs> stuck around. And I, I met some good people. Some people like it's just fun to be around and uh, a lot of energy down there. I didn't really get to see a lot of the players. I like to kind of chat, be a fan. But caught up with like Rob, Robin Regeer, uh, him and Nick Lewis and I talking. Tough to get a word in with those two. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was fun. <laughs> it was. And I was glad to see you down there. It seemed like you were out of money fast. You were buying back in a lot. So uh, did you end up hanging in there or not? How did you feel? I, uh, I support the charity tremendously at the poker tournament. I bought back in six times uh, last what, the last tournament. What was that? Before the pandemic, I guess. And I vowed I wouldn't do it as much this year. I bought back in three times to support the kids. Uh, I, it, it's just such a crutch, you know. When you when you know you can just keep buying back in, you say, ah, go, I'll go, I'll go all in," and you hope that you can either get lucky or catch someone who's not that good. But it seems like, as they always say at a poker table, Dickie, and you know this, if you can't spot, spot the sucker, you are the sucker. And uh, for the second year in a row, I was definitely the sucker at the Flames Poker Tournament. <laughs> a good atmosphere, though. They uh, they did it right, so it was good. Yeah. Uh, now, they played like you know, like crap the next night. Uh, so maybe the guys, maybe it's a lot of their players stuck around late. I don't know, but I know that next game didn't go that way. So as a coach management now, I always look at that. You do. How we do these events. I do. I have to figure out how you do these events and still put that performance on the on the field or the ice. So all good. Well, I think you have a huge contingent of guys who show up at the Pizza Pigout every year, and I think you're undefeated after they show up at a Pigout. So, so keep letting them come out to the Pigout. Well, they like to eat. <laughs> I actually, you do. know what? I have to apologize. To you. I I like to come as well, but I do think sometimes, you know, when the head coach and Matt is around the players, it's definitely a different feel for them. I know Daryl was at the poker tournament too, but sometimes it's like the guys that go out and have fun, and your event is certainly one that the top one for our city and also for the guys they just enjoy being down there. And, uh, and like you said, supporting causes, but also just getting out and being around other athletes. And it's, it's a fun time for the guys. It is a tricky one, isn't it? Like, you know, even me, you know, when I'm in New York here or, or anywhere on the road, if I'm in a bar and the, and the players are in there too, now, listen, I don't go to the same bars that a lot of the players go to, but uh, and whether it's a bar, I mean, again, athletes today don't generally, they're far more business-like than I think the old days when, when bars were the norm. But, but if I'm in a restaurant with them, I, I, I'll, I'll often walk out and just say, you know what, I, there's plenty of other restaurants I can go to just to give them their space. That's kind of the way you look at it too as a head coach? I do, actually. I mean, it's the same as even some of your coaches. And it's just a different vibe sometimes if, if your boss is there. And uh, even though I'm, I'm not trying to like uh, eavesdrop on them and hear things and make decisions based on that, I think it's, it's sometimes good. I love being around them. Um, you know, certainly maybe not in, in, in situations where alcohol is involved or anything like that. Sometimes maybe things can get said. But I would enjoy being around them as much as I can. But I also have been there and done that. And I think sometimes you got to give them space and let them uh, kind of just be with their with their team and, and not have, the, have me kind of just being around. So I do miss some events for that, and I apologize. But I also uh, I do definitely am cognizant of that and make sure our guys uh, feel like they can kind of be themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're talking to Dave Dickinson. I want to get into this Super Bowl and a number of other things, but let's start with the Super Bowl. Is the best quarterback in the in the NFL right now still Patrick Mahomes, or 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 do you look at it other way? Like, kind of a two parter. Is the best quarterback Mahomes? 
And is he the guy that you'd most like to work with if you were head coach in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, I I don't think it's that close. I think I think Burrow is pushing now, but I, I honestly do. I think Mahomes is, is by far the best. And, you know, it doesn't matter who's with him. Yes, he has a system and all that, but I think it's him making the plays. And I just feel like uh, I don't want to bet against him. I think he's a clutch guy. You know, back in the day, you'd always say stuff like, Brady found a way. Yeah, oh, Belichick this, or the opponents are – they found a way, and I just feel like Mahomes is, is starting to approach uh, that clutch status as well as best games are in the big games. You know, he's had a lot of players leave that team, and yet receiver-wise, he finds a way to still be the best, if not right up there with the best. But there's a lot of good ones down there. I think, obviously, Jalen Hurts is, is, is making his way into that conversation. I'm not I'm not there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Mahomes, like you said, I, would I love to work with him? Well, I better, I better hurry up. Uh, but uh, no, he's he's gonna make anyone he plays for the head coach is gonna be uh, look like a genius because I just feel like the stuff he does and uh, and he's tough you know let's be honest yeah. I mean he's hurt right now and he's tough he plays every game and every snap and um, yeah I just think he's I think he's the best and probably has been the best for a couple of years now and enjoy watching him play he has so much fun out there but he is competitive as hell too that guy. I, I really feel like he, he he's trying to make his mark, and he understands the the mark is Super Bowl title. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this weekend. Is that the, you say you don't like to bet against him? I mean, but in general for this game, is he the guy? Is he the reason why you would pick Kansas City to win, or are you picking Kansas City to win? I kind of feel like Philly is a team of destiny right now. I do, uh, but I I can't. If I li- really was going to put like real money, I'm going with. I'm going with Mahomes. I just feel like I'm not going to do that to myself. Uh, you know, the year Tampa beat him, he's running for his life. Their old line was just decimated. So, yeah, there can be uh, things that can certainly change uh, how the way you look at a quarterback. But I think Kansas City's playing pretty good, too. Um, they run a lot of zone blitz on the back end. Uh, I think that can mess around with the quarterback's eyes. I think they'll pressure Philly. But um, I do kind of feel like Philly's had the team of destiny going for them. They're, they're young. They're hungry. Um, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if Philly wins. I think it's one of the better games we've had, at least on paper, in the last few years. I, I think you could make an argument either team uh, could be the favorite. So, uh, and they're exciting teams too. I think it's high scoring. I think this one's going to be up mm-hmm. there in the 30s. I do. Like I don't personally think either one's going to get stopped. And you know, if you you look at it, I think uh, Philly, if they can control the clock a bit, but they're going to score too. Uh, yeah. So I think this could be one of the games that we really enjoy watching. And, and Jalen Hurts, it, it sounds like that shoulder of his is still not 100% in his eyes. Is that Does either injury concern you when it comes to the quarterbacks, either with Hurts or Mahomes? I think Jalen Hurts is, is a pain tolerance. Um, you know, I've had that. Still got the, the war wound. Your shoulder never goes back to what it was before. And I've had both mm-hmm. shoulders. I think it's more of a pain tolerance. It's going to be for him is getting the tough yards. And, and since, like you said, it's in his uh, throwing shoulder, I believe, it's, it's, it's a problem. I will say that uh, like, a, like a high ankle sprain or that, to me, uh, is one of those that you manage the games. And that's what it looked like Mahomes did. Is he, it won't affect him as much if he just – unless he gets twisted and hurt early. So I actually think Hurts has a tougher injury right now to overcome pain in your throwing shoulders a problem uh, he can't take a direct blow on it early and he if he flutters it up that's going to be a major problem and they won't win without him so 
I would say he's probably fighting through a little bit more of that. Uh, I think uh, as you look into the game, uh, that that could be the, the bigger factor than Mahomes' ankle. Okay. We're talking to Dave Dickinson. We're talking Super Bowl. You may have heard it's coming up Sunday in Arizona. It's interesting, the two games that have been in Arizona are both classics. And I, I agree with you. I think this is setting up to be an just a, a classic – not just because they're so evenly matched, but because it's, I think it's also going to be very entertaining because it's going to have tons and tons of scoring in it. And that that's always very entertaining as compared to some of the other ones that are defensive minded. But I, I want to ask you about, you know, you joked about working with Mahomes and how you'd have to hurry up. Uh, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want, but I've always been curious with you, David. I've known you for a million years. And I haven't asked you this probably in five or 10 years, but why don't you go to the NFL? Oh, I kind of, uh, first off, I haven't been offered, so let's be real about it. It's not like you tell still but, job. There's not very many of them. No, but, and uh, I'm not saying will, as a head coach, but you've been, you, you you don't chase it either, right? If you wanted to pursue no. it, you could. Well, the funny thing is Marcus Brady, you know, I actually talked with Marcus Brady and he got let go by Toronto. I was thinking about bringing him on our staff and then he signs with the Colts and then moves his way up to be a, an offensive coordinator and, and, uh, Here's the thing. I mean, and this is just straight up people that know me. And first off, I do. I'd like where I'm at. I feel like yeah. I, I enjoy Calgary. And I've, I've made a commitment family wise that, um, you know, if it's something that we're doing, we're doing it as a family. It's not just Dave Dickinson needs to do that. And that's it can be uh, certainly not good on negotiations sometimes and contracts. But my kids are now, you know, I got uh, 18 to 16 year old. Uh, at some point, is there. Is there a part of me that would like to try? Sure. Um, but I really want to live in the moment and, and, and keep doing the things I'm doing. I would have trouble. I think I would at least going down there without a little bit of say, at least a little bit of input. I mean, having a voice in a meeting. I'm at a stage in my career. I don't really want to just go down there and uh, just be a fly on the wall. So there's some positives. There could be. But I'm really not there yet, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing now, some different challenges. Yeah, part of you do, it does think that uh, would be a, a good challenge and you know brian schottenheimer got the ocu job in dallas recently and he coached me uh, i've seen Kerry joseph down there uh, coaching henry's down there coaching so part of you thinks shoot why don't i try but uh i've been very consistent on the message with my family and then tammy and my wife uh it's more about hey let's let's lock into a good situation keep the roots where we need them and and make the most out of and the opportunities we have. So whether that changes in the future, who knows? But I've been fortunate to keep this job as long as I have, and I want to keep mm -hmm. it. So <laughs> well, it's all very admirable, and I and I thought that's what you were going to say because that's what you've said for many many years. You you love it here. Why, uh, you know, why why take a chance? I mean, hey, taking chances is not something you're scared of, but it's uh, I think it's really admirable. That, and I know you're very passionate about trying to grow the CFL and, and, and I, I don't know. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but I was going to use the word resurrect the CFL. Cause I think it's had a couple of lean years. I think the, the pandemic really hurt it. Do you, do you think that uh, is resurrect too strong a word? Uh, how would you term what you're trying to do to help lift the CFL back up again? <laughs> yeah. I'll let kind of everybody make their mind up. I do think that the pandemic hurt. I think, you know, ultimately too is uh I just want to make sure Calgary understands that we're we're still the community, and we 
this I do. I believe that uh, without the Stampeders, Calgary's not as uh, as good a city. It's not. This is something that's been around forever, and it's and it's a lot of my enjoyment. And I know a lot of other families. We just have to make sure we're important again. We have to get make sure that our players are a little bit more out there. Meaning that I want people to actually get to know them. I don't want them to just say, "Oh yeah, I seen him at the." It's autograph signing. I want him to say, oh, yeah, he coached my kid's team. Or, yeah, I I met him at the supermarket. He's a pretty good guy. Or he supported my charity. He helped out a certain person that was struggling in life. And I I think our players are willing to get back and and get get doing those type of things. Jay McNeil's coming on board. And for the people out there, obviously, he's back to my generation. I just feel his energy right now. I think he's trying to get the Stampeders a little bit more relevant with, with business people in the city, with our CEOs, with the companies, to make sure that they understand that this is a great organization and our and our players are a very valuable part of this community. So, yeah, I'm trying to resurrect probably a little strong because we've had some yeah. obviously still things going on. But I think we need to get back to making this an event and, and having people hopefully come to McMahon and, and, uh, and really get feel like they're vested in it, like they – you need to cheer. You either need to hate the other team or you can even hate our guy, but I want you here, and I want you to have a vested interest in the game, not just for gambling, too. I mean, I want, to, I want you to be rooting for the guy because you, you really have a feel that, oh, yeah, I know his family or I got something invested in this. If you do that, I think the atmosphere will increase in McMahon, and I think all of us will end up benefiting from it. Yeah, here, here. I, and, you know, I'm a big supporter of the CFL, and uh, every time I go – uh, and you walk through that tailgating area, and it's just so unique, and it's so wonderfully. It's not like we invented the tailgate party, but it's it's one of the only cities in the CFL that that does it and does it right. And it's it is a real community. Like you walk through there, and you'll you'll know a ton of people every single time. And for me, it's like old home uh, old home week, just running into all the old guys you used to play with, Andre Arlane and Jay McNeil and Crysdale, all those old guys that are down there. It's so good to see them. And uh, I, I wish you luck in, in continuing to grow the base because I, I think it's such a great product. And uh, and I know you'll do a pretty good job. I'm worried about you, though, as the general manager, because not because I don't think you're going to do a good job, but I don't think there's ever a chance we're going to golf again. Is that? Do you think there's any chance you'll, you'll play this year? <laughs> yeah, I do. I got a new hip, and I, I actually uh, feel like I'm paying – pain-free and so man the game's not where it needs to be but it was more enjoyable i actually enjoyed golf i got out i've got to i've got to lean on some guys i've got to have to lean on uh people are going to have to do more and step up on the other side and and uh, that's exciting for them and i've got to i think i'm decent at delegating i think i trust people and you know it is a win-win business so you got to win and you got to make sure that you're doing your job so ultimately um you're always judged on that, but I think we can hit a few rounds here. Plus, we have three bye weeks in the CFL, which is too many, in my opinion. But that'll <laughs> allow us to get out. I think sometimes out of sight, out of mind. You know, I'd love if we had ten teams in the CFL, you wouldn't have to have three buys. But we have nine, makes scheduling very, very difficult. So uh, I definitely think we can we can get out, and you can take some of my money. I, I don't think that'll be a problem. That's that's what I'm angling for. Hey, by the way, do you remember? <laughs> Uh, do you remember the dispute at my stag when we were we had a little poker tournament yeah, at my stag? Yeah, I do. I do that. <laughs> it was a Texas Hold'em, and they, I had all this money from the first table. And we went to the second table, and then they wanted to start over. 
Yeah, you remember. I that was a nineties. You were in nineties, wouldn't it? You got married in the nineties. No, no, two, uh, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago, yeah, something like that. Okay. Well, I remember it, of course, you know, and I raised a stink, but I think your guys won. You no, know, and, they, But they you won the tournament. Players. You ultimately won well, the tournament yeah, I anyway. I don't See, I don't even remember that. I remember the dispute, though, because... Yeah, it was funny. Be careful. When I think I'm right, it takes a lot for me to back down. That's, know, and that's like, what that's I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid to puff out my chest every now and again. It was amazing. It was a group of great guys, and it, was, it never got contentious, but it was very funny because everyone was – we had declared at the beginning of the tournament that when we get to the final table, we're starting with fresh new chips again. Everybody's equal, but that's not really the way tournaments work. So you're like, anyway, I'm not getting back into it again. It was a great night, and I appreciated you being there. And ultimately, you did take some money. So that when we that's golf, the that's the money I'm I've going for. Won. Well, that's the only <laughs> time I've ever won. See, it's a bunch of patsies over there, your friends. That's right. A table full of suckers. The perfect poker game. That's what it is. Uh, we're talking to Dave Dickinson. And uh, just a couple more for you, but I I, uh, I saw that you guys just signed a, a kicker out of uh, out of Japan. Tell me about this yeah. guy. That's fascinating. Well, he's been in our league. He's been in our league, actually, with Toronto. They did a kicking workout. Here's the thing. We've got Renee. And we're so happy to have Renee back. He's, he's yeah. going through uh, training with the fire department and you know, when I first came to CFL, there was another player uh, that was a fireman that was a pretty good football player as well, Stu Laird, and didn't know if it was going to work in this generation, but we got it. So what we wanted is we have to have other guys in camp, and we need competition, and we, we thought, you know, we need a guy that in case there's ever any sort of a groin injury or muscle pull or, God forbid, a, a serious injury, we need to do these look at guys. And we've, we developed a guy in the past two years named Karen Burnham that moved on and it's hard. So you kind of have to get to see it. The Canadian kicker hasn't really been a strength of, um, of the drafts in the last few years. So, mm-hmm. uh, there are some great global kickers out there and punters. The punters are kind of taking over. Um, and certainly we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with our, with our young man that we signed and he's in, you know, he's in tough. He knows it, but he come in and compete and see what happens. Yeah. Interesting. It's just interesting. I love that. We're going global now with this, and it's it, a lot of punters global, some Aussies and some other guys like that. I think it's it's good for the well, game. Really, Boris, yeah, Boris Beattie, Renee should be global kickers. I mean, if you go by the rules of what a global kicker is, if we had that, they probably – I know Beattie would have uh, would have uh, fit the form. I'm not sure with Renee, but it's just kind of with so much kicking soccer, all that around the world, yeah. it doesn't surprise me that uh, you find some great kicker and punters um, – we we claim global, but you know, like you said, they came up before as just non Canadians. You know, like uh, we had yeah. Josh Bartel was up punter, and he he just was considered uh, at a different category. So you're right. Uh, certainly, that that group has made an impact in our league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, our next guest is Mark Borichter. What do you remember about uh, oh. Big Bo? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. What, what are your memories about Bo on or off the field? Well, I guess that the original Bo, uh, yeah, now everyone Bo, it's Bo Levi. I remember, honestly, he was <laughs> yeah. he was put together. He came from Nebraska, and he wasn't a weight room guy. It's crazy to me, because um, in my <laughs> mind, Nebraska, you were going to drop. You ask him what he could bench when he got up there, because it wasn't, wasn't up to Nebraska standards, but he was smooth. Um, raw. He just, he just, he didn't even know how good he was. And uh, I think his dad and stuff had coached down there. He just made 
played at a small school and obviously uh i think i had him for a year and then i went south and then he had another big year so then he went south and he did well and he was making a huge impact down there and then he blew mm-hmm. out his knee i believe yeah and it was a tough go from there so I still, I mean, I don't post and say hi. I think I've seen pictures of him and his family. He's got some uh, young daughter, not young daughter, high school daughters. Say hello, because great person. Just a guy, once again, that we're proud of being part of the Stampeder family and made a big impact here, even though it was only a couple of years. Yeah, two years. I remember Wally saying it was the year you left in 2001. You went over to San Diego for a couple of years. And I remember Wally saying, everybody, enjoy the hell out of this guy because he will not be here next year. He will definitely be in the NFL. And the only other player I ever remember him saying that about was, uh, and actually it wasn't even Wally or maybe it was about Brandon Browner. Uh, you kind of knew that after the, that last year, he was going to go to the NFL as well, but, uh, Bo was that good and he stood out that much. And that's interesting that he wasn't even a gym guy. I'll ask him about that for sure. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Make sure he's honest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you're no, talking to me. I mean, a guy that, uh, shoot, I certainly didn't live in the weight room either. So uh, I don't know if I should be calling out a guy like that. But <laughs> I had stereotypes about people from Nebraska. You know, they were going to be the strongest guys. and He was more of a skilled, smooth, big body, though. So uh, that's the type of the NFL. You know, you go to Browner and you go, obviously, to Bo Richter. I mean, there are some great players up here. and But if their body type doesn't fit what the NFL thinks they need, they don't get the chances. Yeah. When you're talking Bo Richter, 6'4 plus, Browner, 6'4 plus, those are those type of guys will get the benefit of the doubt because not only are they athletic, they have the size, and then ultimately those guys seem to get that extra opportunity in the NFL. Whereas if you're if you're six foot and you're not really the mold they want, you're you're kind of locked into other leagues, which certainly the CFL is one of those. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, I, you and I met down at the Masters in Augusta, and. Uh, a fascinating, fascinating place to go. I maintain it's the greatest sporting event in the world. Nothing even comes close because they care about your experience. They're not, it's not about gouging you for as much money as possible. The prices are extremely reasonable. As a, fact, as a matter of fact, it's actually cheap once you're in the gates. Uh, I maintain it's the greatest sporting event in the world. Your thoughts on the Masters? Well, you've been to so many more great sporting events than I have. But that was at the top of my list. Uh, my wife sent me and my college roommate down there um, for my 40th. I just turned 50. I was waiting for that return trip from my <laughs> wife. But the, uh, she decided that uh, that didn't happen. But um, I, I'm with you. I see. I love that. I just I like history, and I've been a fan, and it exceeded my expectations. But I haven't been to a, an NCAA Final Four or a Super Bowl or whatever else Stanley Cup final. I haven't really done those type of things, but I really honestly wanted to be more of a walking the grounds, being on the course, um, being with people like that. I enjoyed, I knew you were down there and Andre Arling was too. With I went with my college roommate and for him and I just to be down on the grounds, catch up in a while. It was, it was special. And I certainly do want to go back. I don't think there's another event really that uh, in the PGA tour, maybe a Ryder cup or something like that would be fun, but I don't really think there's another event the waste management at the Super Bowl weekend this weekend might be fun, but man, that's too many people. I'm with you. I like to be able yeah. to kind of set your set your chair down and get a little closer and and be part of the course. I just I'm with you. I thought that was amazing. That would, it exceeded my expectations, and my expectations were high in the first place. 
Yeah, and that's rare, right? Everybody has huge expectations for these big events, and often there are lots of negative things about it, but uh, that one's the very best. Hey, you're the best, my man. Thanks for uh, joining me. I appreciate it, and hopefully I'll be running into you a lot sooner than later. Sounds good. Free agency is going on, so stay in tune. We'll see what happens here at Stamplan. Yeah, it sounds like you got some announcements to make tomorrow. You're going to have an immediate availability and uh, divulge some big signings. I, I don't want to set you up here, but uh, <laughs> some exciting news tomorrow. So good luck with that. Some updates, at least. All right, thanks, Eric. Take care. Attaboy. All the best. Okay, thanks. There he is, Dave Dickinson. On the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. We're going to take a break. And we're going to come back with uh, Mark Bolrichter. We're going to ask him about not being in the gym, <laughs> uh, Dave's allegation, and a whole bunch of other stuff pertaining to the Super Bowl and his memories of Calgary. The Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. The Alberta horse racing and breeding industry has a $312 million positive impact in Alberta annually. Visit thehorses.com, 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Your sport, you're listening to Sports at 960, The Fan. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, our thanks to Dave Dickinson for joining us in the first half and also sharing a little dirt on our second guest. Uh, (laughs) Mark Borichter played for the Calgary Stampeders in 2000, 2001, left with a Grey Cup, parlayed it into a a pretty darn good uh, career down with the Kansas City Chiefs and is now doing some radio work uh, in the Kansas City area, amongst other things, but uh, is my expert on Kansas City Chiefs. And I uh, want to thank him for his time today. Mark Borichter, thanks for joining me, my man. How's it going, Francis? I'm good, my man. Everything Everything is good in Cowtown. I'm in New York right now. The Calgary Flames played tonight against the Rangers, of course. Uh, but, uh, no, things are good. I, uh, I was thought about you yesterday i was in vegas of all places and uh i was at a sports book looking at the the odd wager for uh the chiefs big game coming up and i thought oh my god of course i gotta have bo on the on the show to talk about the chiefs are they uh well no before we get into the chiefs dickinson said you you weren't a gym rat you didn't live in the gym like most guys from nebraska true or false that's false you saw both of us in the locker room. You think Dickie ever saw the gym? <laughs> he was pretty sure you were going to snipe back at him too. So, okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Uh, listen, Jim or not, uh, you had a hell of a career. You're tight with the Chiefs now. You got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, they, they, you didn't get it as a player. You gave it. They got Anyway, we can get into how you got it because that was a neat story you shared with us a little while ago. But tell me about this Chiefs team. Is this team going to win the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I don't know for sure on that. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a good challenge. But I think the one thing when you look at this Chiefs team this year, in you know they've been to five straight AFC Championship games that they've hosted, three Super Bowls now in the last four years. And in those other two AFC Championship games, it took you know overtime to beat them. This has been a remarkable run so far. And this is an opportunity, uh, number one, for Patrick Mahomes to cement his place in the Hall of Fame. I think we all think he's going to be there anyway at some point, but he's only, you know, 27 years old right now at this point. 
and just continues to do remarkable things leading this football team. But when you look at the team this year, Eric, you know, this was a year that, you know, they traded away Tyreek Hill, who was their number one, obviously, wide receiver in the offseason, completely b- rebuilt the receiving core. And there were a lot of people that thought this might kind of be a reset year um, because you're now starting to get into the years of Mahomes' contract, which is really still team-friendly. But where they owe him a lot more, and he takes up more of the cap. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they drafted 11 guys, I think, last year. All of them made the team as rookies. Um, you know, three of, four of those guys are in the secondary. Uh, it's, a, it's a youthful team right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, this was supposed to kind of be a reset year. But here they are. And with this revamped receiving core, Mahomes has had, obviously, an MVP season and, and maybe his best year to date in his career. Um, because he's been forced a little bit more, I think, to play within the structure of the offense and take what the defense has given him, which is still obviously creating a lot of big plays. But uh, I can tell you this in Kansas City, and it, the excitement level is, I don't want to say it's at an all-time high, because right now there's some Chiefs fans that think this is kind of a ho-hum type of deal, like, hey, we're in the Super Bowl again. Unreal. But there's a lot of excitement around the opportunity, I think, here for Sunday for to get uh, to get number two for sure. Is there's no doubt in your mind he's the best quarterback in the game today right now? Because I mean, we've had some. It's been an exciting time for some some emerging quarterbacks of late, Josh Allen and these guys, and it hurts. But is he still the best in the in the game? Uh, yes, and I'm not saying that from a homer perspective. I'm saying that just watching. There's there's we're in this unique. I, I shouldn't call it unique. Uh, a, Great situation if you watch the National Football League because there are a lot of really talented young quarterbacks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a new guard coming around, right, with Tom Brady officially retiring again. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been around for a long time, but but you're seeing this new youthful wave of quarterbacks and new names. And, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, with all of his championships, is going to be the greatest of all time. But I think Patrick Mahomes certainly has the ability to put himself in that conversation. Uh, maybe it'll be, you know, based around the amount of Super Bowl he wins he, he has. But I don't think you can argue looking at his first five years as a starter in the National Football League, no other quarterback has had the type of run that he's had. Um, oh, yeah. It's now going to be two, two MVP seasons, again, five AFC Championship games and three Super Bowl appearances. Like, he's on another planet. And mm-hmm. when you watch him play, every Sunday when I watch him play, he does something else that, your jaw just drops and hits the floor. Like, like, like his ability is uncanny. And I think the other piece of that too is he's got his head on straight. Uh, he's a tremendous leader in that locker room, a tremendous leader and spokesperson for the organization. And then he's a tremendous, you know, citizen here in Kansas City, which I think is, you know, it's it's kind of rare to have that entire package, and he certainly has it. Yeah, yeah. How how worried are you or? How worried should some people be about his ankle this weekend? Will that be a significant factor? I don't think it'll be a significant factor. Um, I was kind of laughing uh, before the AFC Championship game and the week leading up to it is, you know, was he going to play? There was no doubt that he was going to play. The question was, with it being a right ankle, you know, where you really have to push off as a quarterback, um, you know, how effective would it be? And, we saw he was pretty darn effective in that AFC championship game. Yeah. It may not be, you know, quite as bad of a, of a high ankle sprain as some others that are out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on 
on the radio show here in town too. I spoke about this a little bit that how you know rehab has changed for ankle injuries. It used to you know you wanted to rest it, put some ice on it, elevate it, get you know wrap it up a little bit, put it in a walking boot. Now it's been proven that the more blood flow you can get to it, the better. And it's all about motion. And the hard part about a high ankle sprain is, and I had one of these in Calgary in 2000, uh, right before the Western final is it's, it's not running on it. It's when you have to plant and cut and when you have to try to slow down uh, extremely fast. And I thought that the thing they did well in that AFC championship game for him was they tried to run the football in the first half. They weren't very effective with it, but they protected him well in the pocket. And then, as you guys know, you know, great players take over in great moments, and, and you're going to do what you need to do down the stretch to, to win the game. And, and he clearly sacrificed that injury-wise, but, but I don't see it. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me to see him hobble around a little bit on Sunday, but, but I don't think it's going to be too much of a factor. Okay, interesting. Uh, we're talking to Mark Bullrichter, Kansas City Chiefs uh, radio analyst and former Calgary Stampeder, former Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, also owns the NFL record for the longest uh, reception in NFL history, 99 yards. You and 12 other guys uh, hold that record, or did somebody else do it this year and add to that list? No, it's still. I still think it's, uh, it's listen, it's, we're still sitting at 12. We're still sitting at 12, and... In December, I celebrated the 20th anniversary of that. I might have been the only one that celebrated it, but, but I was celebrating <laughs> it for sure. I was going to say, take me through the play, but whatever. We, we It was a long pass, and you, you made it into the end zone. Good for you. That was awesome. Uh, take me back to your time in Calgary before we um, – because I, I want to talk a little bit more about your time in Kansas. But your, your time in Calgary, I was telling Dickinson and reminding the listeners that I remember Wally saying at the beginning of the year, uh, enjoy this guy because he's gone next year. Did you know that whole year as well that you were going to the NFL or were you still just not 100% sure until you signed on the dotted line? No, I think after year one up there for me, um, you know, I knew at that point coming from a small NAI school in in Nebraska that I was going to have an opportunity. And in fact, you know, I'd signed a two-year plus an option deal when I first got up there because I was just happy to be playing football and wanting to play. And then it manifested itself uh, after, you know, year one. I actually, you know, approached Wally at that time and the St. Peter organization about getting out of my contract a year early. Mm-hmm. Um, they said no, which I totally understood. Um, yeah. But they, you know, they did make it worth my time from a pay raise, um, you know, that I felt was fair. And I didn't ask for that. They just volunteered that piece and Wally did. Um, and then after, you know, I knew after year two, I was going to have that opportunity for sure. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, where that was going to be, what that was going to look like. And, you know, it turned out to be a lot of teams that were interested and, you know, my process of getting to Kansas City was, you know, the typical piece would have been, you know, go visit three or four, you know, organizations, NFL teams, work out for them, decide where you want to go. Well, I had about 20, 25 or so of the 32 teams that were interested. And <laughs> I wasn't going to take 25 different trips in a month time frame of the option window in the CFL. So, you know, had an individual workout in, in Salt Lake City. I brought Marcus Crandall along with me to, to throw to me. And then, you know, took trips to, to Denver, Green Bay, uh, Atlanta, uh, Kansas City, Indianapolis, and, and ultimately made the decision. Uh, took a little bit less money uh, from a signing bonus perspective 
to sign here in Kansas City than to go to Indianapolis. And, you know, looking back on that, you might think that's crazy uh, with Peyton Manning being there. But I felt the best opportunity for me to get on the field right away was in Kansas City. And, and I certainly don't regret that decision at all. It's been a, a great run. Uh, it was a good four years here. Went on to Green Bay and in Indianapolis in 06. And, of course, back to Calgary in 07 for a little bit in Toronto. And at that point, and, you know, going into 2008, uh, eight, had an eight-year professional football career. Was happy with uh, that coming again out of a small NAI school in Nebraska, and settled back here in Kansas City. Uh, it's a great place to live. Um, enjoy it. My Francis, you were you sat in my basement at one point uh, during yeah. my time here with the Chiefs. Um, and my daughter's a senior in high school this year. Um, Going to go to the University of Nebraska next year. Time is flying, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a good place to be here in Kansas City, and and uh, I've obviously made my home here after. Yeah, and. Y- you're right. I mean, I, I have family in Kansas City, so I'd come down there, but I, I came and visited you. And, and you know, you left quite a mark for a guy who only played four seasons with the Chiefs and obviously you've parlayed it into some, some radio work and such. Are you still uh, – you still get recognized in Kansas City? I mean, I know NFL is king there. Yeah, I do. It always happens at the most random times, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, you know, I still do, obviously, a lot of work. And, and you mentioned the Super Bowl ring. You know, um, there's a group of alumni guys here called the uh, Kansas City Ambassadors. We do a lot of charity work around town. The organization uh, awarded us Super Bowl win, uh, rings after the first one. And, you know, so I'm still involved in the community around here. Uh, I've been doing the Chiefs pregame show on Sports Radio 810 here in Kansas City for 11 years now. Um, it's kept me connected, number one, to the organization also kept my name out there i guess a little bit here too yeah but uh yeah there's people that know who i am here in kansas city i, I do get recognized in some i don't want to call it awkward places but it's when i least expect it let's put it that way that's probably a better way to put it when i least expect it <laughs> home depot yeah exactly okay. uh I, I wanted to ask you before because as a receiver i wanted to get your thoughts on on kelsey uh, Travis Kelsey, where does he rank amongst the NHL or NFL's best tight ends? Is, is he the best? Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I played with one of the greatest tight ends ever played the game in Tony Gonzalez here in Kansas City, right? During my yeah. four years. Um, yeah. Travis Kelsey is, I think there's an argument to be made from, from several guys. Uh, you can go all the way back to Kellen Winslow and the days with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um you know, how tremendous he was at catching the football and being a tight end and kind of revamping the position even back then. But I don't think I've seen a guy that is as fluid overall. Like Gronkowski was a big physical guy. Tony Gonzalez was was obviously a tremendous receiver and tight end here. But he was a different type of tight end than what Travis Kelsey is. Travis Kelsey is almost like a receiver in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the way he gets in and out of his breaks, running routes, and he's just got this uncanny ability and and connection with Patrick Mahomes that you've seen. I mean, Kelsey was doing this before Mahomes got here, but they, his career over the last five years has gone to a, another level because of the connection those guys have. And so in a long-winded way, I will tell you this in terms of watching the guys that I've seen, he is the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Um, wow. Nobody has more – thousand yard consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons than he does and it's not even close the one area he's probably lacking is touchdown catches and receptions there mm-hmm. uh, because you know um Gronk caught a lot of those in the 
in the uh, in the red zone type of thing. But the Chiefs do a lot of different things down in the red zone as opposed to making him kind of the primary target on stuff. So that's the one area he's lacking probably to make his case. But he is, uh, again, I'll say it, he's the, he's the best I've ever seen for sure in person. Yeah, it, it is a pleasure to watch him play. And it's funny, I, I was just asking if he's the best in the game today. Uh, but, it, you know, obviously he is, and, and you went straight yeah. to, is he the best of all time? I mean, that, that says it all about just how impressive he is. It does, and I think, you know, he's really matured. When you look at him as a player when he first got here uh, to Kansas City, um, you know, was kind of a hothead, did some kind of stupid things on the field from time to time uh, that drew, you know, unsportsmanlike like penalty flags and things, but just – Watching him grow as a player and as a as a as a man here in Kansas City has been fun to watch too. I know him a little bit, don't know him great, but um, <clears throat> has really embraced it. And and man, he just we've been talking the last couple of years, sir. Okay, how much longer can he do it? Um, you know, at the level he is, and then he just goes up and puts up career numbers again. So, um, yeah, you did ask me about whether he's the greatest in the game today, but I, I stand by what I say. I think he's yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing. I, I think it's just it's awesome to watch him and that chemistry. I mean, it's it, it the chemistry is. I know I agree that everybody involved that I'm about to mention is, are they're all radically different from one another. But with what Brady and Gronk had and what Kelsey and Mahomes have are uh, legendary. Like they'll forever be linked yeah. to one another because of of just how seamless that they they work together. It's 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 fun to watch. Okay, just a couple more for Mark Borichter. Uh And uh, I wanted to ask you about your time in Calgary. Cowboys, Kayleys, ever heard of them? Remember them at all? Yeah, well, I've heard of them. I, uh, I frequented them a few times. <clears throat> uh, do I remember them all? No, we'll just say that, no. right? No, <laughs> no, no. But, uh, no, those are some good times back with, with all the boys and such a great crew. Uh of guys that we played with uh, or that I played with, you know, back then, like but with Dickie and, and Arlene and all those guys, like just, just a great group. And, um, you know, I'll say this, I, I came into a great situation in Calgary, um, you know, in Allen Pitts last year and with Vinny and, and, you know, Travis Moore and all those guys uh, embraced me as a new guy in. Obviously I could help the team, but we're just a great locker room overall and great environment. Um, you know, no regrets whatsoever in terms of my time in Calgary. It's uh, holds a special place in my heart for sure. Do you, do you think that again? And I think it depends where you play in any pro sports. But like in Calgary, most of the guys live pretty central, and they did spend a lot of time hanging out when you were with that particular group. Because I still talk to a lot of the guys that were on your team back then. Um, but you know, a is it a product of just being in a smaller town? where guys spend more time together or, or is it a product or, or is it now just so different for athletes because, well, it's just different and guys don't hang out as much going to clubs and bars as they used to, maybe because of social media or just because they're more <laughs> business-like. I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is. What do you, what do you think? Well, to go to the social media side of things, I'm, we probably should all be happy that that didn't exist back in 2000, 2001 for yeah, sure. But um, <laughs> I, I think, I think part of it is a little bit of a product of quote, a smaller town. Uh, right. I think that that has something to do with it, but I also mm -hmm. think that 
you have to have guys that are willing to get to know each other outside of, of just the team environment side of things and in the locker room. And, you know, that has to be a concerted effort by guys to do that. And, you know, I, I tell my son all the time, who's in eighth grade here in Kansas City, like, you're not going to like all of the teammates you play with. You're all going to come from different backgrounds. You're all going to come, you know, even at the junior high and high school level, where it's baseball, football, you're not going to be friends with everybody. And that's fine. Um, but when you step out, you know, on the field, you all have one common goal. But you're going to have those, uh, you know, in that locker room that you become closer to and you have more in common with. And I just think that, you know, during our time, at least my time in Calgary, when you start looking at, like, you know, even the offensive linemen, right? Uh, and obviously McNeil and, and Cries and a couple of those guys, but, you know, big Thomas Ram and, and Childress, um, you know, not from any kind of environment that I was in previously, um, you know, growing up, but those guys all became friends and became great teammates. And the more I think you hang out together, uh, the better off you're going to be from a team camaraderie standpoint. And, and again, I've been at a few locker rooms. We had that in Kansas City when I was here, but I've also been in some other ones where, that doesn't exist. And again, it's a concerted effort to do it. And when you do get that type of, of camaraderie and locker room around, it can be special, not only for what you can accomplish on the field, but, but I think overall in life afterwards, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think it helps when you've got, when you've got a, a great bar like Cowboys or Kaylee's that everybody seems to go to, uh, but it also helps that proximity, you know, they all live very close to each other and, 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 yeah. and are close to each other. It's, it is You're also uh, something. Talking about a lot of guys that spent most of their time in Calgary in the off season too, right? I think that was a big thing too for Good us. Point. That there's a lot yeah. of guys that, that made Calgary their home year round, or at least the, the vast majority of it. Yeah, and that that's changed as well too. So it's just so many things are changing with the, the 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 room dynamic that I've watched over covering sports over almost 30 years. Like it's just amazing to see how different it is. And I I'll be one of those old guys who says it was way better back then. Uh, because I do think it was in terms of the, the experience that the athlete has. It's not just on the field, off the field. It's it's far richer uh, in the days when you played. It, that's that's certainly my contention as well. All right, my man. Hey, I appreciate your time. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And uh, I, I love your tweet the other day where you reminded Kansas City fans, my God, I, I hope you're enjoying this run because it is an amazing run. Uh, that that franchise and that city's on in the NFL. And it's it's fun to be a part of it. It's the only team I've ever cheered for in the NFL. And I'm pumped up about Sunday's game too. So I appreciate your time, man. Thanks. All right, thanks. Have a good one, Francis. Okay, there he is. The original Bo. Not the Bo Levi, the Bo Richter. Mark Bo Richter, great guy. Got to know him over the years. Really enjoyed chatting with him at all times. And uh, like I said, I even went down to visit him in Kansas City because uh, got lots of lots of time for that guy. He was a class act, still is, of course. And uh, he joined us on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. Uh, earlier, we had Dave Dickinson join us. He was uh, always great to chat with, and uh, and I look forward to chatting with him again soon. The Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. The Alberta horse racing and breeding industry has an $83 million positive impact economically in Calgary annually. Visit horses.com, 18 plus. Please play responsibly. I'm Eric Francis. We do this every single week from noon to 1 o'clock here at Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Please join me again next week for more great guests, more good stories, and lots of laughs. Okay, thanks everybody for listening.